the That's Good From You podcast welcomes you into a dynamic conversation about faith and following King Jesus in a complex world. Join us as we grapple with difficult questions and learn to live in the tension. That's good from you podcast. We are so excited to be back. It has been a while. Emma has been in isolation. I know. So sad. How was that experience for you? You love people. Mm. And so like, how was it being in your house for a week? I surprisingly loved it. What? I mean, (laughs) yeah, it was so weird. Um, More introverted than ever. But I think it was just because I got to like drop my responsibilities. Mm. And that was such a time. Mm. I mean, didn't even catch COVID. I was that much of a beast. I drank out of my housemate's drink bottle that had COVID in it, licked the cup that she drank from, rubbed my head on her pillow, still didn't catch it. So I'm calling myself the beast. Um, (laughs) Even though I'm just discovering that so many other people are in homes and they don't catch it. But I just think I'm... I'm amazing. Emma sent us a bunch of videos being like, I'm such a genius. I haven't caught COVID it. And I was trying to explain to her that there is no correlation between intelligence and catching COVID. But anyway, here we are. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was actually really great. I loved it. Hung out with my housemate. That was really fun. I feel like it was a good bond. Yeah. That was formed during isolation. So good. Um, Yeah. Didn't watch any McLeod's daughters. What? The whole seven days. What? It was pretty bonkers actually. Um, but it's okay. I'm back on the horse train now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, honestly, I started watching McLeod's Daughters the other night again, and I just felt like I was returning to old friends. I was like, oh, hey, old pal. I haven't seen you in a while. (laughs) So it was a really great time, but I still was fine. Um, how are you feeling about episode five, Sophie? I am so excited. Uh Like I've been thinking about this for the last two weeks while we haven't recorded it, partly because I've been getting messages being like, can you please tell us what you mean? Because we can't wait two weeks. And I'm like, no. Heretical. (laughs) Yeah. No, it isn't. Not at all. Our title is very controversial. Mm. The cross is not enough. Hokey sailors. Hokey (laughs) sailors. How do you feel saying that out loud? The cross is not enough. I thought you meant hokey sailors. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, pretty normal actually. The cross is not enough. It kind of freaks me out. And the amount of people I've had conversations with and they're like, I am so turned off by this. Mm. Um, the cross is not enough. I think from where I understand we're coming from in terms of exploring resurrection, mm. I feel a lot safer when I talk about it. But the first time I would have heard this, I would have vomited in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just in our last episode, episode four, we unpacked what the death of Jesus meant, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of different theological concepts and frameworks for unpacking the cross mm-hmm. and what happened on the cross. Um, and this episode, we are going to be unpacking all things resurrection, yes. what it meant, for Jesus to have been resurrected. Yeah, one of my favorite topics uh, to teach on Mm. and to talk about uh, because it's so connected to so many other amazing things about how we live. So we're going to get into that, but it is probably worth us saying up front, we're actually not in this episode giving like an apologetic defense for the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. Like both of us, it's a core part of who we are in our faith that we believe that the resurrection of Jesus happened. Mm -hmm. So this, this episode's not about whether the resurrection happened, but about what resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus means. Yes. But there are plenty of great resources out there for those of you who might still be thinking, did Jesus actually yeah, was he you raised, know, from, raised the from the dead? Mm. Um, so we might even link to some of those things um, in the notes for this episode because uh, we believe that it's a historical event that actually mm-hmm. took place. And mm-hmm. if you're wrestling with that, um, we'd love to point you to some resources. Absolutely. No, great point. Great point. 
Um, but I guess, you know, what do we mean when we say the cross is not enough? Mm. I think that the question under that is really like what makes Jesus' yeah. death unique? What mm. sets it apart from any other death? Because we know that uh, thousands of people died on Roman mm. crosses during his day. So is it really Jesus' death alone that changes things, mm. considering so many people died in the same way he did mm. at the same time he did? Yeah, it's such an important question to start with. And I think that it would be a fair generalization for me to say that the church today tends to focus on the cross, like it, it's a core part of the Christian faith. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and there are actually worship songs with lyrics like the cross was enough that are repeated over and over and over in the bridge. If you yep. know the song, you'll know you sing it a lot of times in that song. Classic. But every, con- yeah, every, every Christian song, song ever. ever. But controversially, for those of you listening, maybe, mm. I actually have a book sitting just on my desk um, called The Cross is Not Enough. Now, that might sound controversial, but it's actually not a controversial idea in biblical studies. Uh, It Mm. might be the first time you're hearing it, but for people who are in like the biblical studies academic field, Uh it's not controversial at all. But here's the thing. If you can explain the good news of Jesus and leave the resurrection out, you've got the wrong story, or at least not a complete story. Mm. The cross on its own is not enough. Now, I don't want you to hear me downplaying the cross. The cross is essential. Go back and listen Mm -hmm. to our last podcast if you think we don't believe the cross is important. It is a defining moment in the story of Jesus, but we can't understand the cross without the resurrection Uh to the point where the apostle Paul, who wrote most of the letters of the New Testament, can say, if Jesus hasn't risen, then our faith is useless and so is our preaching. So the resurrection is really, really important. Mm. And every single sermon in the book of Acts references the resurrection, talks about the resurrection, but not every sermon in the book of Acts talks about the cross of Jesus. Interesting. Yeah. How crazy is that? that? Yeah. So they all reference the resurrection. Every Uh single one of them talks about the resurrection. They don't all talk about the cross. It's actually only been since around the time of the Reformation that the cross has been seen as the central or only important activity of Jesus. Well, that makes sense because the time they were living in, that's exactly right. Lots of people died and they knew that people died on Roman crosses, but the fact that Jesus resurrected and they were sharing that news was bonkers. Yep. Totally. So here's the thing. The death of a human for a cause that they're passionately believe in is not that unique. There are so many people throughout history who have sacrificed their lives for a cause. We call that martyrdom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing unique about the way Jesus died. Because it's estimated that within 50 years either side of Jesus, the Roman Empire crucified somewhere between 20 and 50,000 people. (gasps) 20 and 50,000 people. Holy cow. That's just how Rome treated revolutionaries. Yes, yep. But do you, Emma, remember Mm. any of the names of any of the other 20 to 50,000 people who were crucified? right. Yeah. So what makes Jesus special? And why is it that 2,000 years later, there are billions of people around the world who continue to tell the story of Jesus' death rather than those other 5,000 or 50,000 people who were crucified. Mm. And the answer that the New Testament gives is because of what happens next, because God raises Jesus from the dead. Right. And so what is utterly unique about Jesus is his resurrection. It has Mm -hmm. never happened to anyone else. And the New Testament is clear Mm -hmm. that the resurrection of Jesus is the defining event that changes everything. And I'm not really sure Christians know what to do with it. That's so interesting, especially growing up hearing like cross, 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 cross. Yeah, we don't know how to handle it when it's like, oh yeah, that and resurrection. By the way, that's a thing too. Yeah, yeah. So we get like Good Friday and everyone's like, yeah, Jesus died for us. And then the only thing that really gets said on Easter Sunday is 
Jesus is not dead, he's alive. And we leave it at that. I just don't think the church really knows what to do with the resurrection of Jesus. Resurrection. So you were saying that it's very clear in the New Testament. It's never happened to anyone before. Resurrection is new. This is a crazy, new, remarkable thing. Yep for this to have happened to Jesus. Yeah. What do we say then about those people that were raised from the dead in mm. New Testament? So we have like the widow's son in Luke 7, mm. um, Jairus's daughter, um, yep. Lazarus, I think is probably one of the greatest examples. Like mm. what do we do with these stories where people are raised from the dead? Yeah. So the key thing here is what happened to the widow's son, Jairus's daughter or Lazarus is not resurrection. Sure. They're being raised from the dead in the sense that they're being brought back to life. They're being revived or resuscitated would be the modern language we would use, which don't get me wrong. That's miraculous. If someone dies and then comes back from the dead, that's like, holy crap. That's like, that's such a miracle. Seriously. And it happens in our world today. It happens Uh like miraculously without medical intervention and it happens with medical intervention, which is just Mm -hmm, as miraculous. uh It's just not what happened to Jesus and it's not what the word resurrection means. So we need to be really clear on what the word resurrection means. And I think we need to avoid saying Jesus came back from the dead because I don't think he did. Jesus didn't come back from the dead, which I know it sounds so controversial. I just hope no one like takes that snippet snippet. from this body. It's like, okay, Phoebe Gary is an absolute lunatic. (laughs) Yeah. And your body physically recoiled when I said that. I wish you guys could have been here to see it. Okay, I'm just going to go dry reach. The point is, though, that's not what the word resurrection means. Mm. The word resurrection does not mean Jesus came back from the dead. The word resurrection talks about something else, that he actually went through death. And Emma, we have a really helpful picture for explaining this, and I think it would be great if you could help us understand what I'm saying. Yes. So this idea, the difference between what happened with Jesus when he was resurrected and what happened to all these other figures that we get in um, the Bible, we can actually call resuscitation. Perhaps this kind of framework, language, image is better for this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the classic CPR resuscitation, (laughs) staying alive. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Staying alive. That's right. Staying Mm -hmm. alive. Okay. So resuscitation, if someone dies... You can bring them back to life. Mm -hmm. We get that. Mm -hmm. Resuscitation is going from life to death, back to life. Yes. So if you can picture in your mind, maybe a straight line, you have point A, you have point B, and when you're resuscitated, you go back to point A, Mm -hmm. from life to death, back to life. Mm -hmm. A person who's resuscitated goes kind of in in that process, in that way of thinking. But what we see in resurrection is that a person doesn't go from life to death, back to life. They don't go from A to B to A. A person in resurrection goes from life through death, through point B, Mm -hmm. to the other side, which you could say C. So they're going from A through B to Mm C. From life, not to death, but through death Mm -hmm. to the other side to what we can call new life. And this is what the the fundamental difference is between Jesus and every other figure, every other person in history Mm -hmm. that has been raised from the dead, where they've come back to life, they have not walked through death to the other side of life, yes. this other realm, this other idea, this other way of, of mm. living and being, this reality. That they've come back to life, they haven't gone through death mm. to a new life. And the way we know that they haven't gone through death is because they have come back to life and then one day what's going to happen to them? They're going to die. They're going to die again. So uh-huh. Lazarus, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. He uh, resuscitates him, but he dies again one day. Uh-huh. And so that's what makes it different. We believe that Jesus has gone through death into 
new creation life. And so getting our language here is really important. Mm. What happens to Jesus is unique. It has not happened to anyone else yet, at least not physically. And the New Testament says that Jesus somehow passes through death and comes out the other side Mm. into a new kind of life that we didn't even know was on the other side of death. So he has actually conquered death and come out the other side and is now experiencing life in a new way. Mm. And so when the New Testament writers talk about resurrection, they're actually trying to capture some of that. Mm. It's this idea that it's something that has never happened before on this side on this side of death, mm. um, and yet somehow they can claim that it's happening here and now in history to Jesus. Crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so getting this kind of picture. When we are in the New Testament and Jesus' disciples are running around telling everyone <laughs> that Jesus has been resurrected, he has mm-hmm. raised from the dead. He has gone through death, perhaps. Like, what is the Jewish lens? Mm-hmm. Um, that we just don't see. Like how are people understanding um, this concept when Mm -hmm. Jesus' disciples were saying Jesus has been resurrected? Yeah. So it kind of depends on who you ask. Like I know you asked for the Jewish, but if you had had said to the Romans that someone had even just come back to life, they would have thought it was nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, so would have the Sadducees. Now the Sadducees are Jews who don't believe in the resurrection. Yeah. So we can't actually say what did all Jews believe because you've got this group called the Sadducees who are Jewish who don't believe Mm. the resurrection is possible for a whole host of reasons. Mm. But most other Jews, um, definitely the Pharisees and um, maybe just the general population, if you had said to them the resurrection of Jesus has happened, they would have been confused. Mm. So we need to get our heads around the fact that the concept of the resurrection is not actually a New Testament invention. So it wasn't invented for Jesus to explain what happened to him. The Jews already had this word or concept in their their thinking. They just didn't believe it had happened yet. Sure. And so belief in the resurrection is actually pretty common in first century Judaism. Mm. And one of the places in the Bible we see the idea of resurrection in Jewish belief is in John 11. It's that story we mentioned before of Lazarus being brought back to life, not resurrected. (laughs) Resuscitated. Resuscitated. (laughs) And right before Lazarus is raised, Jesus has a conversation with his sister, Martha. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says to her, you will see your brother again. And Martha goes, I know I will. I'm going to see him at the resurrection. Hmm. But she doesn't mean that she's going to see her brother again in a few minutes when Jesus brings him back to life because she doesn't know that's what's going to happen. And she actually doesn't use the same word. She says, I know I'll see him again at the resurrection. It's the Greek word anastasis. She doesn't use that same word when she talks about Lazarus coming back to life or being (gasps) resuscitated. Interesting. So she has another picture of resurrection in mind about something that's going to happen in the future. I did not know that. Yeah, really um, different. And uh, this is a completely side thought, but you know the song, Oh Praise the Name, the Hillsong song? The reason it's anastasis in brackets after that is... It's the word resurrection. Um, so fun Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the Jews of Jesus' day already have an idea of what resurrection would look like, and, and Martha's a good example of that. And uh-huh. they were expecting three things would happen at the resurrection. Right. The first thing they're expecting is that the resurrection would be something that would happen to all God's people from all of history at the same time on the last day. Ooh. So if you were to walk up to a first century Jew and uh-huh. say to them, the resurrection has taken place, They would look at you like you were crazy and they would say to you, that can't be the case because where's Abraham? Mm. Where's Moses? Mm -hmm. Where's David? Because the resurrection was something that happens to all All of God's people at the same time. Uh So that's the first thing they're expecting. The second thing they believed is that resurrection was the act in which God would restore all of his creation 
not just humans. Mm. So their their story right mm. from the very beginning is that creation is good and they believe that it's not just humans who are going to be restored, that it's actually all of creation. And we see some of that in the way Paul talks in Romans totally. 8, 8. Yeah. when he says that actually creation is enslaved in bondage and needs to be liberated. That's yeah. what we They're see. groaning, waiting for the day yeah. of resurrection. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's the second thing they believe, that it would be the restoration of all of creation. And the third thing they believed is that resurrection was the event that would take place at the end of the age or on the last day. They're the kinds of gotcha. like language yeah. that the Bible yeah. uses. That one day God would come back and finally act to establish justice and peace in all of his creation. And that would be the end of life as we know it and mm-hmm. the start of new life. New life. Yeah. And so this phrase, the resurrection had all of these overtones in first century Judaism. And it was really vivid in Jewish thought uh, that the end of the age would come, that the renewal of all things, and that there'd be bodily new life for all of God's people. Mm. But what blew their minds and was pretty unbelievable was that the resurrection could refer to one person mm. and that it was happening in the middle of history, like the last day hadn't yeah. come and someone was resurrected. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So when Paul talks about the resurrection of Jesus, he talks about it as the event that ushers in the new era or the last days or new creation. Gotcha. That because of Jesus' resurrection, new creation is now. So when the New Testament writers choose to use the word resurrection for Jesus, this is, this is crazy. They're not just claiming that something happened to Jesus' physical body. Mm. They're actually saying something has happened on a cosmic world level. Right. And so I actually think the claim of Christianity is bigger than we've maybe imagined it to be. Mm. It's not just someone was raised from the dead, yeah. which is a pretty big claim. Oh, yeah, in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. But the Christian belief is that the resurrection of Jesus has fundamentally changed the world and that we are now living in a new era, in new creation. Lol. And yeah. my theological brain's like, would you want to tell me how that changes the entire world? I'd like <laughs> no. to get into the details of how that takes place, please. No, I would not like to because we know. I don't think yeah. anyone can explain it. So Paul can say to us, you are a new creation now. Uh And that's the thing we believe as a Christian, that because of Jesus' resurrection, new creation life is available to us now. Uh But Paul calls it a mystery. Interesting. Yeah. And we're back to almost like similar last episode, thinking like, okay, we could try and get into the details of what actually happened. But all we know is that Jesus' resurrection changed the entire world. Yeah. That everything's fundamentally changed. And like a lot of the passages that talk about this will talk about being in the last days. And that phrase, the last days, has been used so badly kind of in modern history to talk about like the end of the world as we know it. And it's like actually it's probably better to think the new era or new creation, that new creation has come, that the last days is just the recognition that new creation life is available to us now. So we don't want to be thinking about like people standing on the side of a street being like, we're in the end times. It's like, we've been in the end times for over 2000 years, like since, you know, Jesus resurrection and since the coming of the spirit at Pentecost, Mm. it's basically the acknowledgement that new creation life is available to us now. New creation life. Okay. And this kind of language around new creation, um, don't get too caught up in the moment around new creation, what this phrase means, Mm -hmm. because we will be digging into it in the next couple, the next couple episodes. Um, It is something brilliant. So keep your eyes out um, when we begin to unpack really the depth of new Mm. creation. Um, But if we come back to our title, the cross Mm. is not enough. Like what you're saying, Sophie, is that the death of Jesus on its own is not enough. Yeah. That there has to be an intrinsic link, an intrinsic tying between the cross of Christ and Jesus' resurrection. Yes. But what gets me is that I was in a conversation the other day with someone and this person said, Jesus' death is the victory. Like Jesus' death is where he wins. It's Mm. where we win. That all happens on the cross. The resurrection was just 
the the inevitable next step. The next step after (laughs) the winning and the victory happened Mm. on the cross. Like, what do you make of that? Because when I heard it, I was like, oh, kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, Jesus, the cross, that's the victory part. That's where he wins and the resurrection's just Mm. like, oh, yeah, that comes after. Gross. <laughs> yeah, what what you, what, yeah, what yeah. Do you so, like, I, I fundamentally agree with the image that Jesus' death is a victory, right? We talked about that uh-huh. in the last episode. It's one of the pictures that the Bible gives us, and it's mm-hmm. a very Lutheran way of talking about the cross um, because Luther was big on Christus Victor, sure. Jesus mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. the victor, and that came through his death. Gotcha. So, yes, Jesus' death is a victory, and it's a victory for us too. He wins. And we win because we get to participate in that. With you. Mm-hmm. But the minute anyone says the resurrection is just dot, 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 <laughs> like, no, because it fundamentally goes against what the biblical authors say. Like, if we go back to what I said before the about the book of Acts, it's the preaching of the resurrection in the book of Acts that is what makes the yeah, message sure. of Jesus go forward. Sure. So yeah, to say the I resurrection is just anything is to downplay it. Mm. They can't be separated. Yep. It's a package deal. They go together. So the cross and the resurrection, two-part package deal. Uh, and it's actually the resurrection that makes sense of Jesus' death. Like if Jesus had have just died and not resurrected, it would make no sense that mm. we worship him as king. It's the right. resurrection that shows the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead. Um, it shows us that new creation life, the new era has come because Jesus steps into new creation life. If resurrection doesn't happen, new creation life isn't available to us because Jesus hasn't paved the way through resurrection, through death to resurrection life. Like you can't separate these two events out. We we talk about them separately Mm. because they happen on two different days. We talk about Good Friday. We talk about Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. But the reason that the events of Easter are so significant is because they both happened. We can't have one without the other. You can't have a resurrection without a death, Mm -hmm. but the death on its own. It's just a death. It's just a death. And so if I ever hear anyone saying the resurrection is just dot, 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 like the inevitable next step. Well, it's not inevitable. No one saw it coming. Mm. Like the resurrection of, of Jesus was a shock to the disciples, even though Jesus had been talking about it. Right. Yeah. And so we might be able to look back with, you know, hindsight because we know the resurrection happened and say, well, the disciples mm. were dumb. They missed what Jesus was saying. No, mm. they didn't expect it to happen. Yeah. But my key point is they go together and really without the resurrection of Jesus, the cross is just another death. Blimey. <laughs> That's actually, can we just appreciate Sophie's passion right now? She's like staring at me from the other side of the desk, just like throwing hands. She's like, yeah, passion, fire, Mm. crazy. Okay. So I want to jump in and ask why you think that we have so easily and Mm. quickly like jumped to the pinnacle of Jesus ministry Mm. as the cross. Mm. I have like a response that I have planned to this question, but it's actually making me emotional that we could forget about the resurrection. Like when you ask how easily we could have forgotten about it, it's like, how did that happen? Like it it sucks. And I think there are a bunch of reasons for it. Um, So, I mean, I already alluded to one of them because I rag on the Reformation every episode. It's becoming a theme. I think um, maybe we need to do an episode on um, on the Reformation. Um, but the Reformation in the 16th century really did spark uh, the emphasis on the cross alone. So Martin Luther had this saying like, the cross, the cross, when he was like nailing his 95 theses to the 
church door in Wittenberg. So the, the cross for people like Martin Luther was the response to the issues he saw in the Catholic church. And so we are so thankful that he oh did gosh. that. Like Thank so thankful. You, Marty. But what happens is we take what Luther has said and we like chisel it in stone and it's like nothing can change after that. But the whole theme of the Reformation was ongoing Reformation. Mm. They had a catch mm. cry during the Reformation that was the church needs to be constantly reforming. Mm. And so this yeah. whole new movement starts and then we just take this one thing that someone said and this make it, it. Yeah, yeah, the thing. Yep. And so I think it was natural that Luther spent most of his time focusing on the cross, but the problem is that we have been more shaped in general, this is a massive generalization, but we have been more shaped by the Reformation than what the Bible actually says. <laughs> And it, like it, in, in the Protestant world, it's kind of true. Like we have yeah. been so shaped by Luther and Calvin. Right. And sometimes I'm like, do we actually even know what the Bible says on this? Holy cow. I'm, I'm not sure we always do. No. Two other reasons though come to mind. One is that I think the cross is almost easier for us to get our heads around. And I know you're not going to like that because last episode mm. you were like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I understand the cross completely, Sophie. <laughs> no, but like in terms of we, in terms of understanding yeah. someone dying for someone else. Right. Like we can understand that sacrifice of like a parent putting themselves in harm's death. way totally. for a, a yeah. child. Like that yeah. kind of makes sense to us. But the resurrection's a little bit harder for us to work out so what it natural. is, what it means, and then what it means for our lives. Like how yeah. is the resurrection practical? The cross things, is because yeah. our sin goes away. How is the resurrection uh-huh. practical at all? Yeah. The second reason I think is a language reason. Hmm. So in recent years, people have used the cross, and I'm saying that in inverted commas, the phrase the cross as a shorthand to talk about all the Easter events. So they'll be like, oh, the cross, meaning, you know, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But the problem is when we aren't specific, what starts as maybe shorthand actually gets heard as the cross is the only event worth talking about. Uh So I'm a real advocate. And if um, any of my New Testament class are listening to this, they'll probably laugh because I keep saying this every week. We need to be specific when it comes to our language with Jesus. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about his death and resurrection, then let's talk about his death and resurrection. Let's not use shorthand like the cross Mm -hmm. for it. Uh, so it really does kind of devastate me that we have lost this sense that the resurrection is important. And I think one mm. of my great passions in life is trying to bring it back to the forefront. And we're never going to say that the cross is not important. No. Like never hear us kidding? saying that. But we want to maintain our emphasis on the cross and what it is and elevate the resurrection and to be able to talk about them both together as really significant events that both have fundamentally changed the world, our yes. lives, all of those sorts of things. And so as always, Mm. I want to ask the practical question because I'm like, it's all well and good for us to talk about the resurrection of Jesus, but what does the resurrection actually mean for our lives? Like how does knowing about the resurrection change the way we live? How does the resurrection itself change the way we live? I'm all about the practical. Have you got any thoughts, Emma? Right. What does resurrection mean for us? Oh, I think it means so much to us because we are invited to participate in resurrection mm. here and now. Yeah. And so um, we can see that Jesus is the prototype in mm. all of creation, that he was the first fruit, the first one to mm. go through this point A to point B, <laughs> through point B to point C, yeah. right? From life through death 
to mm. the other side, into new life, into new creation, that he mm. was the first to go through that and he sets a way for us to go through yeah. that. Yeah. And so for us, what it looks like is not, you know, one day when we die, we'll, we'll go through death and we'll get to the other side mm. onto this new life. But the Bible talks specifically about this new life, this new creation life that happens right now, Yeah, that this isn't some far off day when we get to go to heaven that this is a resurrection life that we are invited to participate in right now. And I guess the question is, like, how do we see these glimpses of resurrection in our life right now? Because Mm. it hasn't yet fully come. It's Mm. like the kingdom. Mm. The kingdom is ushered in here and now. We get to see glimpses of it. But until um, Jesus returns and sets all things right, we're only getting glimpses. And so what does it look like for us to see resurrection in light of just these small portions that Mm. we can see in relationships and Mm. in life and in restoration um, while we're waiting for, um, yeah, our, our full resurrection. Mm, yeah. And you just made another thought come to mind that like resurrection is such a hopeful thing to talk about because yeah. we like, I think, I don't know, it might just be a, a table thing. Table is where I teach Emma studies, but you often hear students saying things like, um, you know, there's been a, a death of a relationship, but I'm hoping and praying for like a resurrection yes. in that relationship. And so it's kind of the language we use. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually so much hope in believing in the resurrection that Jesus has made a way through death. And so things that we experience death in now, like relationships, like right. creation, you know, being sad and, you know, floods and fires and all those sorts of things, like that there's mm. hope for resurrection in all of that as well. Um, and we're definitely going to talk about that more in coming weeks, but it's not even just that, like there's a, a quote and I'd love to tell you who said it, but I can't remember off the top of my head, um, that the resurrection declares that matter matters. The resurrection declares that matter matters. What? Yeah. And Emma's like, what does that mean? Um, and we, we are going to unpack this more in, in coming episodes, but a really key point of the resurrection of Jesus was that it was bodily. Like Jesus mm. was resurrected and he had a resurrection body. He was eating fish he, afterwards, yeah, that's right? right. <laughs> and like there's similarities and differences. And this is, mm. this is why we talk about Jesus as the prototype for new creation because Jesus was able to like veil himself and people, you know, the guys on the road to Emmaus, you know, right. didn't recognize him. Like walk through walls. Yeah, that's right. He could just appear rooms. in a room. Uh, and yet Cheeky he Jesus. still had his scars. Uh-huh. And I'm so interested about the implications of that for new creation, but there's some con- continuity between, you know, Jesus pre-death body and his resurrection body. Uh-huh. And it's this idea that what happened to Jesus wasn't just a spiritual event. Mm. And so the resurrection actually teaches us that physical things matter. Our bodies are important. Creation matters. And actually how we treat the physical world today matters. Like we're living in the new era, in new creation now. So how we treat our bodies matters. Mm. How we treat other people's bodies matters. How we treat the world matters. And that's all uh, a beautiful kind of... Mm. Uh, flow on effect from understanding the resurrection that we will definitely unpack more in the coming weeks. Right. So what I'm hearing is that our bodies matter. Don't eat all the Easter eggs over Christmas. <laughs> no. Over Christmas. <laughs> don't eat Easter eggs over Christmas, y'all. Um, over Easter because yeah. um, our bodies matter. Yeah, but so does celebration. Wow. Okay, um, great. So we've got, we hold those two things in tension, but I, I think it, it's more about like, you know, not seeing the people that serve us at the supermarket as you know, someone who can be overlooked, like there is some Mm. kind of machine who's serving us, they're actually a human and how we treat them matters or um, how we view other people's bodies matter. Like the resurrection Mm. has so many practical implications. implications, And I do, I want to unpack that more in in coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And so heading into Easter, we just hope and we pray that 
um, on Good Friday, as you enter into this Easter weekend and mm. coming up, that you would embrace the reality of Jesus' death mm. and sit with the mystery of what actually happened on the cross, but to also take hold of the outrageous claim that the resurrection of Jesus has fundamentally changed the world. Yep. That is our hope for you as mm. you enter into this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, this really significant mm. time mm. where two huge events take place yeah. that are inseparable. Yep. Um, but we wanted to finish off with a final word from the classic N.T. Wright. <laughs> um, so would you mind reading out this incredible um, yeah, word? I would love to. So uh, this is from uh, N.T. Wright in one of his books called Acts for Everyone. And he says, With the resurrection of Jesus, God's new world has begun. In other words, his being raised from the dead is the start. It's the foundation, the beginning of the great setting right, which God will do for the whole cosmos at the end. The risen body of Jesus is the one bit of the physical universe that has already been set right. And Jesus is therefore the one through whom everything else will be set right. Oh, I want to cry. Yeah, so good. Seriously. Yeah. That it's just the start and we're invited into it. Yeah. And that it's through Jesus that everything is going to be put right. Mm. And that is really good news for the world. That is good news. Mm. Oh, what good news. Keep wrestling with the good news, everybody. Mm. Um, keep asking questions. Stay in this tension with these words and these questions and these thoughts that you might not have heard before. Mm. Um yeah, we want to bless your Easter. Yeah. Yep. Go well over Easter. Stay have, safe. Have good reflection. Get keen for the next ep. Yeah. Which is going to be mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some more controversy coming at you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>